The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Hi, I'm Bill's defensive end Greg Russo, and you're listening to Nate and the Fellas on Circling the Wagons podcast on the Buffalo Rumblings podcast network. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Go Bills! Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Most times. Here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I am your host, Nate. Thank you so much for joining us on another off-season episode. We are talking with Andrew and Justin from the Wandering Buffalo podcast on the Bills Fan Base Podcast Network, the official podcast network of the Bills Mafia. Guys, uh, we haven't talked in a little while. I'm so glad that we can finally get to catch up uh, this off-season before one of the most important off-seasons, one of the important, most important seasons, the impossible recollection. How are you guys doing? Uh, I guess I'll go first here. I am doing great. And what an intro. Thank you for having us on this podcast. And yeah, expectations sky high. And every day that passes, passes on. And it's like another day for the regular season. And I'm just like ready. I'm getting more antsy. I'm, I'm like looking for the day that training camp starts so I can just call off for work for whatever nefarious reason. So I can just go see Josh Allen or who, whatever, like fifth string wide receiver or something like that. I'm just, I'm just ready for Bill's football. Yeah. What about you, Justin? You ready as, uh, as well as, uh, as Andrew is? Oh, for sure. I have, uh, I have a wedding coming up in August, which is going to be right around the time that we're getting, you know, the Fisher training camp practices. So I'm waiting for those days to come out to see, you know, his wedding, by the if way, I gotta, yes. you know, rearrange some things. If I gotta <laughs> dip out of the setup early, <laughs> Tip no. out of the setup for the wedding, you mean? Like the day of or like Yeah, I, I mean we'll figure it out. <laughs> what what's that movie where they use like a a you know a, a like some some body to like Oh oh weekend at Bernie's? <laughs> yeah, you we'll just have to weekend and Bernie's it superimpose your face on someone. <laughs> like yeah, a... call up Josh Rosen and see what he's up to. Uh he can fill in for me for a couple hours. <laughs> oh, That's awesome. Man. That's awesome. I keep I forgot to mention before the podcast that you guys are like my Rochester podcast buddies because most of the people I talk to are in Buffalo or other parts of the country even. Like a lot of people that have Bill's podcasts in general are not in Buffalo. I'd say actually the majority of them aren't in Buffalo, which is kind of crazy if you think about it. But like us, we don't live in Buffalo, but we're close by. We're tra- I wasn't even going to talk about training camp specifically being in Rochester, but mm-hmm. I got to be honest, after it not being here, for a couple of seasons, like I'm looking forward to it. I usually take off at least one day of work to go down and see there. Usually like one of the first days, just so I really get to see the action. Mm-hmm. Um, and the good thing about it is when you go on a day, that's like a weekday and you take a day off, like there's so many less people right there. You get to get a little bit closer. Um, maybe it won't be that way because we haven't had training camp here in a long time. I'm excited. Are you guys, uh, are you guys as excited or do you not even care that like, and I'll start with you on this one, Justin, um, that 
training camps coming here to Rochester. First of all, I didn't think it would ever come back here. I've got to be honest. I thought they were going to be like, this is this is the way it's going to be, and we like it this way. I can see McDermott being a control freak and being like, I don't like it being outside of Buffalo, but um, I'm happy it's here. Are you uh, are you surprised at all that it came back? And uh, and are you are you uh, I guess as as excited as I am? Do you? I mean, I know you mentioned you're going to re- rearrange your your wedding for it, but, <laughs> but I mean, I, I guess, are you surprised that it's coming back in general, having, having seen it, you know, a bunch of times when it was here? Yeah, I'll start there and I'll say, I'm, I'm super surprised that it's coming back. And, and I did that like classic, you know, Bill's fan mentality of like, I talked myself into, you know, it's better that it's in Buffalo. They have the training facilities and invested in all that. Like it's better for them to stay there. We'll be, be- better because of it. And then they announced that it was coming back and it was like right away, right back on board with it. The the thing is being out in Buffalo, I still went to, I think last year I did three of them. The year before that, I, the year before that would have been COVID. So they weren't really open. Um, but the Fisher atmosphere is so much different than being out in Orchard Park and the Orchard Park, you know, you're sitting in the stands there on the field. We went for the scrimmage last year. Like, it's still really cool. It's it's fun seeing, you know, the preparation, everything that goes into it. But how many autographs and players and stuff I've met being at Fisher. I have, um, like, a press pass lanyard that I got the one year I went there. Uh, my buddy got us into, the, like, the VIP section. And it's just littered with autographs of people that, we're off the roster by the end of that training camp, but like, it was still a cool experience. Uh, Met Jordan Poyer there. And it's just the, the intimacy of, of the St. John Fisher atmosphere that it's not really duplicated in Buffalo. You know, they, they do different things where you can get there early and some of the players are in the field house and all that. But like the year I met Jordan Poyer, it was kind of like, all the players went off to one side and went to like the press area and like the VIP ticket area and they're signing autographs and whatever. And Poyer was the last guy on the field and he was just, you know, doing the running in place and, and catching balls from somebody. And he went to start walking that way. And he saw this, this whole group of us peasants over here along the fence. And he like kind of did a double take at the VIP area. And he was like, I'm going to go over here. And just right down the line, there's probably about 150 people or so, but he stopped at like each and every person. Wow. And that's just, it's just something that you get at the Fisher experience that, that I didn't really experience in Orchard Park. Wow. Yeah. That's, I, you've never really told me that story like that. So that's pretty awesome. You know, it was I was the, saving it for today. Yeah. It was just like, Oh yeah, I got, I got an autograph from Jordan Boyer. That was pretty cool. <laughs> I was like, all right, sweet. I'm basically the godfather to his daughter. Essentially. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hey, mean, we're going to kick it this weekend. <laughs> Miami. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've gone to a couple training camps when they were at St. John Fisher. I was going to go to the one in orchard park, but then I got COVID. And I actually got tickets with Justin. Uh, my girlfriend had like, I got them for free or whatever. So I was like really hyped about that. I was like, all right, me, Justin, our significant others, we're just going to get in a car, go watch Josh Allen toss around the pigskin. He just got that big contract. Expectations were high. And then I get, I wake up like, a morning or two right before it. And I'm, and I was like, Oh, you know, this doesn't feel right. (laughs) So Justin, I went without you. Yeah. I was like, I was like, do do it for the, do it for the pod, man. Just, just go out there, have fun. And all the videos that you sent, I was extremely jealous and I was feeling like crap in multiple ways. (laughs) (laughs) I'm here to help. Yeah. But no, I would agree that I, I, for selfish reasons, I'm very excited that, training camp is back in rochester and one point i and correct me if i'm wrong here so when training camp was out in buffalo they would have it on the field and then they would also have it inside right like in their indoor turf area is that correct they would sometimes split what they would do it am i wrong right whenever i whenever whatever ones i went to in orchard park they were in the stadium itself Okay. Uh, so like 
uh, Diggs went around like the whole outside of the stadium and like threw balls into the crowd and whatnot. But like you still have that the sideline and, you know, the height of the stands like it's just so much more of a barrier than standing along a chain link fence like you're at a high school game. Okay, I was going to say, like, I could have swore that I heard that sometimes they would have, I mean, weather permitting, they would have like practice inside and or whatnot. And I was going to say one one benefit of it being at St. John Fisher is that it just sounds like there's a lot more space for them to do more activities, except, you know, in Orchard Park, it's it's the field. But in St. John Fisher, like there's multiple fields and it it's spread out pretty nicely so there's more content to just like soak in it, like if you don't want to see matt hawk over here you, you can just anywhere you know turn and just like go to like the kid zone and just like mess around there if you're so inclined <laughs> but in other it basically there's a, there's a lot to do if you don't want to watch a certain like position group or whatever if or if you have kids or if you want to just go shop there's there's the opportunity to but i i do again i i really like how it's back in rochester because it's closer for me and <laughs> like you said i all all signs were basically pointing all right the bills are never going to have a training camp back here in rochester like like the, the the contract between the st john fisher and the bills it's just kind of palms in the air we don't we don't know what's going to happen they just invested a crap ton exactly one crap ton of money into that new facility where they're like showing it off to free agents and everyone's like oh my god look at this facility i like this and i'm like oh that's it training camp's over like (laughs) yeah why wouldn't you want to have access to that facility for what roughly a month and a half or so while the guys are a month or so or whatever it is while the guys are in training camp at st john fisher you know st john fisher doesn't have the same capabilities in their training center exactly i i I agree Mm -hmm. i i love i love the the st john fisher um training camp and i never went to the buffalo one but but from what you mentioned, I mean, yeah, there is two fields there that you can use a hundred yard line fields. Um, I don't know if you have access to the other, the far field, unless you have a press pass. Am I correct in saying that? Have you guys ever been able to go over there? Cause I've never been able to. And I remember thinking like, Oh, how come we can, why, why are they sending the special teamers over here? Send Josh Allen over to this side, mm-hmm. you know, for now, for, I want to see him the whole time. I don't want to see him, you know, over on that side, working on running plays. I want him over here. Have you, have you guys uh, noticed that or anything? I think you're right. Right. But one one nice benefit is that they do have the football stadium or seating where or the bleachers. So you can go high up so you can I mean, you can't get like sideline view of it, but you can just get up and just like watch what they're doing from a bird's eye view. (laughs) (laughs) So so I wanted to talk about since we're on the training camp train um, of thought, uh, Justin, you mentioned like one of your most favorite memories. And I'm going to come back to you in a second in case you have a better one. But Andrew, I mean, you you mentioned you've been there a few times. Do you have like a favorite or special memory of being there, like seeing someone play, doing something? You mentioned how like close you can get to these players. Like mm-hmm. when, I, I don't think that can be overstated enough because like a chain, like it's a like it's a high school state. It, it's that's exactly what it's like. Like you're within ten feet of guys doing drills in the end zone. Like mm-hmm. whether it's blocking drills or whatever they're trying to do, like you feel like. I guess I've been there before and this is like, you know, I've been doing it since I've been out of college. Right. And I moved back to Rochester. Um, like I've been taking days off every year for the most part, just to go see them. And I remember one year we took a half day, we went golfing in the morning, we made a day of it. We went to, you know, lunch. And then we went up to St. John Fisher for the 1 PM training camp practice or whatever it was that day on a Tuesday or whatever. Mm-hmm. And watching even Robert Royal, like, you know, the tight end at the time, doing blocking exercises and i'd be like oh my god like this guy is massive he's a six foot six tight end right 260 pounds or whatever he is and you just forget how big these men are oh my god yeah because they're always on the field with other big men so you have nothing to you know they need people like us just standing out there and be like oh that's how ginormous you know ed oliver is or whoever you know like greg Rousseau, like how how much he just towers over normal human beings but anyway going back to going back to 
training camp stories, Andrew, do you have any um, that you remember happening or anything specifically or player or play or, or anything that you remember from, from watching a St. John Fisher? Oh yeah. I, there's one player that stood out to me and might not be, might not uh, get a lot of praise here, but I remember when we drafted Sammy Watkins and he came in and obviously when you trade up and to get, to get this guy, like the hype of him was real. Like everyone's like, Oh my God, Sammy Watkins, like this guy, this guy, a lot of expectation was on this guy. And I remember there was a specific drill. I forgot who, who was throwing the ball, probably EJ at at the time. And I, I forgot who was playing on playing him on defense. And he just one hand, like eclipsed this football, just like sucked it up, like just right into his hand. And I was like, Oh my God. Like, and it, it was just blatantly obvious that he was just so much better than everyone else at the team at the time. And then, you know, obviously when he started like the regular season, he had a pretty good rookie season, all things considered uh, with the injuries. And the year after that, still pretty good in, in my opinion, but again, the injuries and then the fit and then, you know, everything else came where eventually he didn't end up staying in Buffalo. But I do specifically remember that one catch and just thinking to myself, like I have trouble like catching car keys when my girlfriend passes it to me. So like the fact that this man can just suck up a ball with one hand easily is just baffling to me. Like I, it, these guys are so good at their craft. And I, I, I do want to tell you this quick story. So I used to intern at great lakes, medical imaging out in Buffalo while, when I lived there and they're direct partners with the Buffalo bills and Sabres. I can't, for HIPAA reasons, I, I I I actually legally can't tell you who I saw, but it was an offensive lineman and a well-known one. And I I am not lying to you. This guy had to duck consistently through this like facility, and I and we had like crazy high ceiling. Like he was, it it seemed like he was like four feet taller than me, even though he really wasn't because I'm like six foot and then, like. I, I was really just like baffled on how large this human was. And I, I was like, is he even going to fit in the MRI? Like, I, I just don't think this is going to happen, <laughs> but somehow he did. But it, it it was just, it's just a good reminder, especially when you get to training camp, just to see how good these people are and how even like undersized, and I'm using air quotes here, how undersized NFL players compared to the average human being because these are these are not average people <laughs> it's like have you ever seen that tweet that comes up every olympics where it's like for every single race they need to have an average person racing alongside with these olympians <laughs> so you can really just get a grasp give me some context you just need to know they just need this guy that's just like us like you know trying to run a 100 meter and just see how far they are behind but yeah uh, absolutely absolutely justin was there another story or anything else that you wanted to add to that because I know you've you you mentioned that that really cool story with Poyer. Yeah, the Poyer one was probably my favorite training camp story. Um, along the lines of like players that we've run into in our lives and whatnot. Um, when I when I did live in Buffalo, I worked when I was probably around like eighteen to twenty range. Um, I worked for a company that, that did like high end electronics. Um, so over the course of my my tenure there. Um, I, I was able to meet a few players. I like I met um, wide receiver Josh Reed. John McCargo came in. Uh, Marshawn Lynch. Um, but the one that always stands out to me, and I mean, we're talking 15 years later. I still tell people this story. Uh, Paul Puzlozny came in, and it was either the year we drafted him or the following year. And you know, being a diehard Bills fan, I see Paul Puzlozny walk in the door, and I'm like the only one that recognizes him and I'm like boogieing out the door to take care of him. And he had a uh, TV that had to get looked at and he pulls up in this giant, like decked out. I think it was a uh, like a Nissan Titan pickup truck, whatever. Um, and we're talking to him and he's like, Oh uh, yeah. TV's in the truck. Are you guys going to grab it? <laughs> and, and I'm thinking, you know, we're talking about the size of these players. He was, what like six five like I don't know two seventy whatever he was, and I'm a little guy, 
and and I was smaller then, so I, I was probably sitting at like five eight a buck thirty, and I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll I'll carry your TV, bud. Um, but yeah, I I was fortunate to in that job have met quite a few players, and I I will say meeting Josh Reed, um, who was the receiver back then, one of the nicest, coolest guys I've ever met, and he's the type of player that also has the other end of the perspective where like he walked in the door and looked like he could have been, you know, any random guy walking in and then, you know, see John McCargo walk through the door and his hands are like three times the size of mine when he goes to shake it. And I just get lost in his hand. So unrelated to training camp, but we kind of went on a tangent of some of the players we met and, I like that Paul Puzlozny story. Yeah, no, no, I I love that. I love that. It's 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 funny that it me, it makes me think because you guys mentioned like six or seven different players there, and like all of them, I've just kind of forgotten in the recent memory. Like Josh Reed, like I remember thinking like Josh Reed is going to be a r- really good player for us, and you know, it just never panned out long term. I mean, he's still good in the short term, but I mean, I remember. So I have a I have a couple of training camp stories. Uh, one is I was there for the day that when the Bills drafted EJ Manuel, they also had Kevin Cobb, and I was at training camp the day Kevin Cobb slipped on the mat. No, that was that was that was all me. I put that into motion. <laughs> no, but you it was the catalyst. I was the catalyst. I'm like, what? We were just waiting for the guys to come out of the tunnel in between the areas. I think it was between the two fields, and there were mats down. It had recently rained, and uh, all of a sudden, like everything just kind of stopped. Like as far as like you know, players coming from one side to the other, and everyone's like, "What's going on?" Like it's usually a pretty fluid process. Now I will say depending on the coaching staff, it was more fluid than others, but like, you know, just waiting for, you know, him to come along. It was, it was definitely a scene and we're just like, what happened? And I think that was, I mean, Twitter existed then, but it wasn't what it is now. So I don't think I even had a Twitter account at that point. Maybe I did. Uh, but like, you know, you're like, what the heck's going on? Like what's, you know, people are texting you. Did you find out what happened? You know? So anyway, I was there for that. Um, I was at a VIP tent once from my friend who has who works for a company in Buffalo that like, you know, they got, they got bussed over there from Buffalo. Of course it's like a drinking bus, right? They're, they're coming all the way over from Buffalo there. I mean him there. He lets me in. And like, I was able to meet a bunch of different players through that venue, um, which was cool, but not like a normal person, not like a normal peasant. Like I normally am at these functions, right. Where it's just, you just hope to see that, but yeah, it's cool. I will say going back to the point about like different coaching staffs, like I remember seeing like Dick Geron, Dick Durant's training camp I before Doug it was he he was the coach before Doug or was it Changeli to Doug Marone it was Changeli to Doug Marone I always liked Changeli but there mm-hmm. always seemed to be people just standing around and when Doug Marone took mo, took over as much as a as much as a tight ass as he seemed to be or whatever you want to call him like mm-hmm. there were always guys moving like always things being done if you're not doing this like you know you're doing this there were it didn't just seem like a lot of just standing around. And I think that's one of the things that Chain Gailey kind of lacked a little bit. Doug Marone brought structure, but he brought like overbearing structure, right? But like yeah. since then, since then, I've seen most coaches attack that the same way that Doug Marone does, which I'm sure you wouldn't be surprised to see that, you know, Sean McDermott does it the same way. But I also remember seeing, I think the first camp I went to was when I was in high school or was it college maybe, where I saw Rob Johnson with the Buffalo Bills and he was playing he they he and Doug Flutie were on the field at the same time that might have been the first time they came to Rochester and watching Rob Johnson throw the football I'm like what is that like that is that is not what you want to see from your quarterback out of the gate like you want to see some good passes right and then I remember you know Bledsoe came in a couple of years I'm like oh this is what a quarterback looks like you know you're not used to seeing them up close and personal but yeah it's it's funny you know just mentioning Paul Pozlozny and these players, uh, just it, it just brings back memories. John McCargo, the expectations were so big. I mean, these people are mammoth human beings. It's like, how could you fail? How could you not become a pro bowl or an all-star? You forget that there's other guys that are also, you know, the size of a school bus as well, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, one, one thing I'll, I want to say real quick is, first of all, that those are those are great stories, by the way, and I'm definitely blaming you for what Robert Wood slip. <laughs> I just that's crazy. I I just re, it 
so I never actually watched Rob Johnson like play at all. And I, I was, my Bill's fandom was kind of in its infancy with the Flutie era. And I just remember watching Flutie and I was like, wow, this guy's kind of cool and fun to watch. He's so tiny. <laughs> and, and eventually that, you know, kind of snowballed into my real fandom of becoming a Bill's fanatic. But my question to you two is, have you seen an NFL player not from the Bills organization? And what was your experience with him, if so? I, I don't think that I have. I don't think that I have either because my only experiences besides training camp and like, jeez, uh, even interviews I've done of other ex-NFL players, I mean, that's not quite the same. Mm-hmm. Um, other teams' players. Uh, we'll put that geez. in the bucket. That's good. Um, I mean, but I'm, it's not in person. So, I mean, mm-hmm. but like, I mean, it's been very positive. Of course, you know, these guys are also, a lot of them are doing their own podcasts and radio shows too. So like, they're super cool and, and personable. Um, um, I don't have something like that, but I do remember. So like, can I share this? The first time I ever met a Bills player yeah. at the time. Now, this is going to age me because I know I'm older than you guys and that's fine. It is what it is. You guys were into your, which I, by the way, you guys are younger than me. You guys are in your twenties. I give you a ton of credit. For just being in your fandom or whatever, like younger than me, whatever. I just turned. I'm not going to say. It, I'm in I, my twenties. You're your twenty. <laughs> I'm not in my twenties anymore. That's cool. That's cool. I got the baby face. <laughs> it was uh, the first time my mom. My mom is the reason I'm a Bills fan. So shout out to all the Bills moms out there. Uh, she took me to meet at the time. It was a ninety, and I was like a child. I was like six or seven, right? Like I barely remember. It was Nate Odom's, Cornelius Bennett. Daryl Talley, Leonard Smith, and was it Shane Conlon at the time? It might have been one more person that I'm not remembering at the moment. But like these were like these, these guys were yeah, they were legends. They were over at Marketplace Mall. Mm-hmm. Like that was at the time when they like had signings there. And I remember being a scared little kid. Like I'd never been to a signing. I didn't know what to expect. So I brought my like, my Bills hat, my Bills shirt. Like I had this little pin on my Bills hat. Like I was little uh, Buffalo Bills fan, you know, six year old Nate or whatever. So the time comes and they're they're asking me if if uh if I want them to sign the hat and I was super shy. I was super shy growing up and like even more shy you know against like big football players and I just took my I don't want you to sign my hat. I don't know why. Like for some reason I thought that like the Sharpie would tarnish it or something. It'd have been worth so much more now, but like I didn't want he they just signed pieces of paper. Um, and I kind of regret that to this day, but like, and I remember meeting Frank Reich. My mom took me to meet him at a, like a Caldor that existed back in the day, which those don't even exist anymore. So that's I was going to say, what is that? Exactly. It's, it's like an old, like, uh, <laughs> it's, I was going to say Ames, but those don't exist anymore. Like those like, uh, department stores that aren't part of a mall. Right. So it's like a JC Penny. Oh, okay. But like, like a target standalone. now. Like it's a target now. Exactly. Oh, okay. But those were. I was like, waiting for you to throw Kmart, <laughs> Kmart. in there. <laughs> yeah. I was like, if you said Kmart, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was a step above Kmart. Okay. Let's be honest. No, it was. Uh, but yeah. So, so I don't have a lot of. Justin, do you have any experiences like that with other players of other teams or at least interacting no. with them? Because I don't think I would say anything because I'd be like, because my, bu- my brother in law was like, oh, I met, I saw John Gruden in the airport getting a rental car. I'm like, what'd you say? He's like, nothing. And I guess, you know, what am I going to say to him? You know, but anyway, before what, the firing, way <laughs> before the firing, it was like 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Oh, so back when it was cool. Back when he was cool. Yes. <laughs> before everyone yeah, I, hated him. Yeah. I, I have never interacted with anybody outside of the Buffalo Bills. I I have been pretty fortunate in my life to have run into a lot of Bills players um, just kind of in places that I've worked. Um, Andre Reid, Jim Kelly. Um, and and I'm the type of personality where I, I always go up to these guys and say hi. And if, if I ruin their day, I ruin their day. Um, but uh, I used to work in a restaurant in Buffalo and Shady came in. Oh wow! And they they saw my eyes light up when I saw Shady, and they they hurt. stationed one manager at each of the kitchen doors to like make sure I didn't. They're like he's just trying to enjoy a meal here; he doesn't want to be bothered. So they they put a manager at each side of the door so I couldn't go meet Shady. Um, I'm I'm still pretty just, upset about. They that. just have like a little window, and you just see Justin's eyes just peering. <laughs> oh, ticket times were going through the roof. I, I stopped selling food. <laughs> 
I was trying to find a way out. Was it there? So there was that huge controversy over Shady, like not leaving a tip. Remember that one time? Like oh. it was when he was a Buffalo Bill or something like that. Or maybe before he was a Buffalo Bill. Did you did, obviously would have would have heard a story if he didn't tip the people that were waiting on him, right? Yeah, I'm sure I would have heard about I was in the kitchen at the time, so that had nothing to do with me. I was just happy that he was, that I was making his food. <laughs> what did he order? What does Shady like to eat? Oh, uh, if I tell you that, I gave away too much. <laughs> no, come on, come on. I, it, it was a barbecue restaurant, so it was ribs. Uh, rib, it, uh, he got like the family platter thing, so like ribs, chicken, brisket, pork, Born all of it came together. Some sides, cornbread, all that for himself. Oh no, he had people with him. I, I just, I don't know who they were because I was, I was just looking at <laughs> <Yeah>. Shady. <laughs> I only had eyes for him. I couldn't see around. I couldn't see anything else. You know, I was very distracted. <laughs> Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge—that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. You know, speaking of training camp and seeing people out in the nature. So like I live, like I don't live right next to training camp or anything, but like I live close enough that we share the same Wegmans as the people that are near training camp. Mm -hmm. So one night I was sent out to get groceries. My wife sent me out and um, I won't say which player it is because the player is still with the team and I don't want to give it away. But like Mm -hmm. he was, he was a rookie at the time and you know, it's like, nine o'clock on like a Wednesday night. Like not a lot of people are at Wegmans in general. And I saw a guy and of course without their helmet and number on, sometimes it's hard to put their face with it. But I'm like, I know that guy. I know I've seen him before. So I'm on my phone, like Googling who it is, like who. And and so like, I know he's a Bills player. He's wearing like the socks and like the Adidas that like basically are like cleats. Like he looks like he's shorts. Like this guy looks like he just either came from the gym or he's a football player. I Googled it. I'm like, I know exactly who that is. He was a rookie. And I was like kind of stalking him through the Wegman store because I'm like, what's he eating? Like, what are these guys eating? Right? Like, yeah, like around the corner, peeking around the corner, like around the dairy aisle. Grab a bag of chips and he just sees like some guy slowly looking by the aisle. Just grabbing all the same food from behind <laughs> him. Food. Like, okay. I will be a professional athlete. <laughs> And uh, yeah, so like, I'm curious what's in his cart because what are these guys eating? Right? These are guys are at the peak. You know, when, why is he even shopping? Like, what does he need to? Don't they have all the food there? So I'm looking in his cart, right? And super cool. He, You can tell he's also an NFL player, too, because he had no idea where he was. Like, he had no idea where in that store he was. So he was not from the area. And mm-hmm. he'd probably never been to a Wegmans before because he's probably not from Rochester. So uh, he's looking around, and I'm like, what's in his cart? And it is full. It is full of things. Like I'm, I'm expecting to see like chicken breast, like whatever you think are the like the most healthy things, like Brussels sprouts, broccoli, you know, celery. Like you know, I'm, this mm-hmm. guy's eating lean and mean. And so I come back around like the other way, like just happened to be going by him, and, uh, <laughs> and again, and it is all full of freaking junk food. Like imagine Let's like go. being a six year old. Imagine being a six year old and getting like a thousand dollars. And you're like, okay, I got peanut butter cups, uh, Reese's peanut butter cups. I got 10 bags of them. I got Starburst. I got, you know, uh, like it was just every candy bar and every piece of junk food. It wasn't even chips. Like it's all candy. (laughs) That's all he bought. And it's just like one of those carts full of it. I'm like, holy crap, man. I'm like, 
He's the one that they sent out. I was just about to say he was on the rookie duty, probably. Yup, yup. And I asked, I had Mike Love on a few years ago, and I asked him about that off air. I'm like, is that something they make you guys do? And he's like, oh yeah. He's like, that's that's something that happens. So um, that just so happened to be the rookie that got it that night. Maybe they do it every week. Maybe they do it every month. I have no idea. But I was, I thought that was pretty cool. So, wow. so let's so so let's get into the conversation about this upcoming season. We're talking a little bit about training camp itself. Um, After the draft, and I know you guys have have done an episode since the draft and you guys talked a lot about this, but um, in my mind, it seems that each and every year seems to be better than the last as far as the top end talent on the team, as far as the depth on the team. And this season seems no different because I mean, it sucks to lose a couple of the guys. Like we lost Levi Wallace. We lost Mm -hmm. Harrison Phillips. We let go of a couple of guys like Daryl Williams, you know? Um, But at the same time, like we got so many other pieces and, and it's hard to argue that a lot of those pieces don't seem like upgrades. And then we had a draft on top of that where we addressed some big needs as well and got some talented depth at that. Um, When you look at this roster, I'll start with you, Andrew, on this one. When you look at this roster and the feelings that you have, is this the best team and roster that you can remember being a Bills fan, or is it just recency bias? I will say, for me personally, I feel exactly the same way about this team as I did about last year's team going into the offseason. And what I mean by that is expectations are super high. If anything, they're higher this year because, if anything, Josh Allen has proven that he he is the real deal. So at this point, we don't need, we don't necessarily need players and RIP Cole Beasley, but like, you know, and we're definitely going to get into that in a second. Cause you know, I love that third and Cole. <laughs> so <we laughs> what's not find- to love about third and Cole. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we got to find a new name for uh, Shakir. So that was, that was the worst part about Cole Beasley getting cut by the way. It was just the death of that nickname. So yeah, thanks like, for oh. bringing it up though. I'm not over it, but thanks. Thanks Andrew. <laughs> yeah. I was, but, I yeah. was pretty, I was pretty bummed. I was like, damn, I just named my flag football team after this guy, <laughs> after that nickname. <laughs> and it just died on a hill right there. <laughs> but no, but in all seriousness, going back to it, I, I feel like it's more or less the same. But this season, I feel like the expectations are slightly higher because we have Von Miller on our team. Josh Allen has reaffirmed his elite status as a top tier NFL quarterback. You Google, you YouTube Josh Allen's name and there's like millions of millions of millions of videos from like content creators like us and people who aren't necessarily Bills fans just talking about Josh Allen and his elite level of play, which is something that I never thought would happen in my younger um, Bills fandomonian because it's like, uh, you know, I, I like when we drafted EJ Manuel, I never, and I was optimistic about it, but in my head, I was like, I don't know if he's the guy. And I was definitely right about it. Same thing with Kyle Warren. I was like, I don't know if he's the guy, but I think I like him more than EJ Manuel. Then he goes and retires on us. <laughs> <laughs> and then, the, you know, those seasons, subsequent seasons after that, I was like, eh, I don't really have a lot of, you know, true optimism for at least the quarterback position. And then we get this guy, Josh Allen in the draft. And I actually, I have receipts to prove it where I was like, I kind of want this Josh Allen guy over like a Rosen or Donald. If anything, I guess Rosen, or I'm sorry, I'm sorry. If anything, Josh Allen, maybe Sam Donald after that, maybe. And I also wanted Lamar Jackson too. So I was like, if we can get Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, I'm cool with it. And then if we can't get those two, I guess Sam Darnold. And I turns out I was I was pretty with you're my right uh, on both of them so far. I mean, let's be honest, like you're a better talent evaluator than most of the GMs out there at this point. I really I just didn't want Baker Mayfield simply because I thought is he he's he just he's a little arrogant, just a little bit, you know, but like in, in a passionate way. <laughs> So, uh, just, Justin has the, the best take in that quarterback draft, but uh, I'll let him talk about that in a second. But to answer your question again, I, 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 I said it's the same, but realistically, yes, I have higher expectations this year than, than last year. 
I'll I'll have to say that uh, I did not want Josh Allen. Uh, I was firmly planted in Josh Rosen. I was making anybody that would listen to me talk watch the Josh Rosen film. I'll put that in air quotes. Um, the chosen yeah, Rosen. I mean, we're talking. This was like when I was really getting into the draft and thought I knew what I was talking about. Um, Josh Rosen also bears a striking resemblance to me, just, you know, like a foot taller and an actual athlete. You were just trying to live vicariously <laughs> through Josh Rosen. Yeah, I was thinking maybe if I get some lifts in my shoe, I can sneak <laughs> onto the sideline for a few minutes before somebody knows what's going yeah, on. Yeah, before you were before you met your now fiance, you were hoping that that would be like the let in to be like a guy that looks like a star quarterback, right? Like yeah. maybe able to beat a woman like, that way. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, okay, you guys got me. I'm not Josh Rosen, but do you want me to run out and get the tea after the kickoff. I'll do that too. I just want to be, I just want to be part of it. Um, But to answer the original question, um, I'd have to say that, yes, this is the best roster I can ever remember seeing. Uh, Obviously adding Von Miller to what was already the number one rated defense is, is kind of mind blowing still it until I actually like see him play in a game. it, It still doesn't feel real to me. The only thing that, I'm I'm gonna miss Cole Beasley. I was sad to see him go. I I really liked what he brought to the table for Allen's development and bringing him in with John Brown. And it it really was like the logical progression and steps that really helped Josh Allen get to where he is. Mm-hmm. But I think Allen's kind of gotten to the point where he doesn't need someone like that. Right. He doesn't need those people building him up now. He can build people up. So I I think we're okay in that department. The the biggest thing that I was upset about, and I think this kind of went hand in hand with the McKissick deal, no deal thing there, is I, I kind of wish that, especially seeing the contract that he ended up getting, I wish Levi Wallace was still on this team, even if it was just for one more year, for some competition. I, I'm I'm happy that I feel like it was part of the plan to move on from him and kind of force the hand to to put the big investment into Kyer Elam and the high investment in cornerback is something I've been calling for for years, but with, with where this team is at in the legit Super Bowl window that we're in, I kind of would have liked to see them at least maintain the floor of knowing what you have in Levi Wallace. And if you draft a guy like Elam and he beats him straight up in training camp, fine. Then you have a really high, um, you have a, a highly regarded backup playing behind him. Uh, you have somebody to fill in while Trey White is out. If he's out, I kind of wish that they maintain that floor, especially seeing he only got what like four million dollars. Um, but I mean, well, I mean that's that's hindsight right there. So I I, I like that idea, but I'm I'm going to push back slightly in the fact that if you draft, th- this is the same reason why they didn't draft a quarterback until really late last year when Rashad Wild Goose. Like Brandon Bean was like saying, oh, you know, we yeah, we definitely had cornerback on our big board, but the value wasn't right. And if we reached on a cornerback, let's say in the second or the third, and they couldn't beat out Levi or Dane Jackson, who were un, an undrafted free agent and then respectful, uh, respectfully a sixth or seventh round pick in Dane Jackson, people are just going to scratch their heads like, why do we just reach on this cornerback who's a second or third round pick and they're on the bench and an undrafted free agent and a seventh round pick are, is ahead of them. So yeah. like that, that's, that's something that I, I would, I would scratch my head at. You look, you look at Noah, Iganobini, I think from the dolphins, there was like games last year where he was just a healthy scratch and he was a first round pick for them. Like that, that would make me upset if I was a dolphins fan just to see one of my first round picks when they had three of them just to sit on the bench, like, oof. oof. So I, I can't disagree with you on that front, but that, that to me is kind of like in uh, a scared mentality and like an optic standpoint for Brandon being in the bills to deal with. What? I'm, I'm speaking with my fan goggles on here of like, yeah, I want, I want that. We've been, we brought in so many people to compete with Levi Wallace and take the job. And it, it was always this kind of like half-hearted attempt. You're talking uh, late stages of his career, Josh Norman, Kevin Johnson, EJ, Gates. Uh, 
EJ Gaines, Vontae Davis. Like you brought in all these people for quote unquote competition. And, and yeah, Levi Wallace kept beating these guys out and, and hell, maybe fair. He didn't beat Vontae Davis. (laughs) (laughs) Vontae Davis beat himself. Yeah. But it's just an investment that I wanted to see. And I I don't think we would have taken a first round cornerback if Levi was still here. Um, So I, I think it's kind of a moot point. So, I guess it's kind of wanting to have my cake and eat it too. The, I wanted the, the big investment playing opposite Trey White, uh, but I also wanted to maintain the floor. So maybe we still see a move there, bring in like uh, a Joe Hayden or something like that, just to kind of reestablish where the floor is right now. Um, we'll see what happens there. I like I like what you both said because in a vacuum, I like having Levi Wallace as depth at the cornerback spot because what I would I want him definitely as my CB two. like, no, I'd always wanted somebody that has a little bit more athletic ability. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, somebody like a Kair Elam, right? Like a guy like that. Um, but I also want like, like I like having Dane Jackson as depth as opposed to needing him as a starter, but you know, having him as depth, like I'm fine with, I like that idea. I would feel a lot better with Levi Wallace as my depth and uh, a potential competitor as well i'd be also worried though that they'd stick with levi just because he knows the playbook better as opposed to letting the rookie get his licks and uh in in the in the grand scheme of things it'd be better to start him early um, because i think the the bills coaching staff has a for for good reasons like they're worried about their rookies hitting the rookie wall like they don't start rookies right away unless they absolutely have to unless they definitely outplay uh their counterparts but yeah i would like to i'd be perfectly fine if they do bring in a Joe Hayden as well. Um, that that was one of the few areas where I think that they do kind of lack a little bit of depth, for, for sure. Rashad mm-hmm. Wild Goose got poached off our our squad last year because of, uh, and so it sucks that we don't have him now as more depth. Um, and a cool name. Yeah, and that's uh, one of the best Great names. Name. Great name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> elite level name. His play may never be elite, but his uh, his name certainly yeah. was. Um. So Straight yeah, I, <laughs> the name only is on a bus, like not his yeah. face, like his name. Just legit. the just the inscription of like like his name on the back of a jersey, just from the shoulder down. Just from the back. shoulder down, no head. Don't even give his wild goose. We don't even know what number he was. Don't even know yeah. what number. Don't see any of his neck. Just the nameplate. What other names would go into um, Canton just based on? Just based on the name alone, like Dick Butkus, like I know he's a Hall of Fame actual player, but man, that's a that's a strong name right there. Jeez, mm-hmm. um, there there's some good ones I can't think of. There's a, I mean, there, I'm pretty sure there's someone named Smoke Monday. <laughs> like oh, that's, that's 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 a, that's a pretty yeah, cool Smoke, name. Smoke Monday came out in the, uh, I think I think he was in the later rounds of the draft this year. I there are some really really cool names, and it makes me think to myself, like, damn. I just got Andrew. Like, <laughs> what the hell? Like, I know that's like literally the worst name in the world. I, I understand what you mean. <laughs> no, like, geez, mom, thing. <laughs> Real clever. <laughs> um, yeah, it's 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 funny. I, so here's here's something that you know the expectations are high. This is you know this is a good group of players. Like even Levi Wallace. Like I agree, but like we're even kind of like cherry picking because that's not a huge need but it would be nice to have more depth if you're looking at different positions because like we have punt depth, punter depth that we've never had before because i mean kicker depth i guess you could say because our punter who we think at least will be the punter you know week one in uh Matt Reza, is like he kicked at san diego state too so he we have a backup kicker which we've never had before as well so like that's this is crazy depth um so appreciate you guys coming on. Obviously, uh, Justin, Andrew, like, you know, big fans of your work over there at the Wandering Buffalo. So they can find your work at the Wandering Buffalo, which you can find on all podcast platforms and YouTube. They can find you under the Buffalo fan base, the official Bills Mafia podcast network. True, I believe, under their YouTube channel as well. Um, where else can they find you socially? Where else can they find your work? Where can they find you anywhere that uh, that they might not know where you guys are? Justin, you can go first. I'm on. Yeah, I'm on any, uh, any social media is at jgods22. I am, I guess I'm not very new to Twitter anymore. It's been a couple of years now, but 
I'm not great with Twitter, but I'm I'm working on it. So you can find me at Twitter mostly. You can find me on social media by searching up two Jangs. Well, this was a lot of fun. Like honestly, like I'd been meaning to have you guys on, and uh, I'm glad. Like even Justice, now you're working with Justice and stuff like that. It's even a better reason uh, to have you guys on. You guys are doing a great job over there. You know, at the at the Buffalo fan base, you know, um, site and 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 their YouTube channel and you know their podcast channel and everything like that. And it's cool to see you know other other members of this society of this of this you know this brotherhood almost of content creation like continue to have success so i'm glad that we could do this and i'm and i'm really glad to have you guys on yeah thanks for having us man really appreciate thanks it again for having us yeah yeah so uh so we'll have to do this again sometime um do you i'm not gonna do should i it's funny i i did this last time justice gave me a go bills i was not I was not expecting it whatsoever. He's the man. So I, I'm going to try this again because I know you guys have both listened to it. So I'll do this respectfully and formally. So signing off for Andrew. Go Bills. And for Justin. As always, go Bills. And for me, Nate, go Bills. Thank you guys for listening. And we'll talk to you guys again next week. Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, mate. <laughs>